Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Elevate the Edge podcast. As always, we are excited to be here today. I am Maribel Lopez and I'm joined here with my lovely co-host, Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hey, Maribel. And we are here today with Miriam Zimzik. She is the Head of Network Architecture Research at Nokia Bell Labs. And I remember the various instantiations of Bell Labs, and I'm really excited to have this discussion. So in her role, she leads a team in multiple worldwide locations to drive network architecture innovations across multiple network layers and across multiple network segments. Uh, Prior to her role at Bell Labs, uh, she held leading research positions at VMware, Intel Labs, and in academia. Welcome to the program, Miriam. Thank you so much, Maribel. I am really excited to be part of this and looking forward to have a great conversation with you and Joe. So there are many directions we could go in (laughs) with Edge. Uh, One of the things that we have been talking about is Uh, edge connectivity, and it's a large part of the computing equation. And obviously, uh, Nokia Bell Labs is known for research and innovation. And I was wondering how you and your team are working together on new network systems and device concepts, as well as new solutions in maybe the application area or new network architecture innovations? It's a pretty large question, but basically I could maybe sum up the question as, uh, tell me what you guys are thinking about and working on researching and designing in the edge related to connectivity. How's that? Sounds great. Yes, that's uh, very concise. I will start with a very brief answer, but then expand it a little bit to provide more details. Um, In in my team, which is a fairly new research lab and that has been started uh, after I joined in October, um, we are really pursuing a holistic approach, looking end-to-end, starting from the infrastructure, the transport network to um, the um, mobile and fixed networks all the way up to the applications and uh, ask ourselves how can um, networks be designed for 2030 and beyond? That's the short answer. Um, But um, looking into a very holistic approach, of course, you are tackling multiple different uh, areas within the network, but also multiple different um, technology trends, including edge. And um, What I would like to um, clarify here a little bit, as you mentioned, edge connectivity in your question, um, and which is really a part of of the edge computing equation. Um, We talk quite a bit about edge everywhere. Um, It's a fairly fuzzy word used uh, for multiple different, um, in multiple different contexts for multiple different purposes. And really what the edge computing is, is it's nothing but a distributed architecture that processes data 
closer to the end users. Um, then on the other hand, uh, we do have the network edge, which is basically the physical point where an enterprise network connects to a third-party network services. And if we now talk about edge connectivity, um, then what we see is that with the increasing data acquisition devices deployed at these uh, network edges or edge networks, it is actually really required to create a reliable wired or wireless communication environment that extends the power of edge computing to remote areas, distributed branches, and edge data centers. And here, edge connectivity in this context really addresses the performance and connectivity bottlenecks towards applications that are requiring very high degree of computing and wireless communication. That's what, what I would see under edge connectivity. Um, Consumers in this context are, for example, enterprises that con consume edge compute and need very reliable and no low latency connectivity to the distributed edge clouds, um, which they depend on to host their very uh, critical business um, cases and applications as well as workloads. And um, in this context, there are a number of connectivity options uh, that depend on the location, the compute provider, the performance requirements, but also generally the availability of, of connectivity. As said, we can look here into wired connectivity or wireless connectivity. And um, edge computing or computing itself is actually not a new paradigm, a paradigm in the context of mobile networks. Um, since 4G LTE, we have been... Um, developing more softwareized, virtualized um, solutions, SDN, NFVs um, emerge more and more and more and more compute was integrated into the networks in themselves to um, be more flexible, to be faster and um, also en enable maybe um, faster updates. Um, with 5G, however, um, the edge itself or edge computing itself um, started to play a different role because we have started to look into a different set of um, use cases and requirements coming from them, the so-called verticals such as autonomous driving, um, healthcare, um, robotics, gaming related applications that do require extremely high reliabilities, but on the other hand, also very low latencies. And in this context, um, the Mobile Edge Cloud has been uh, started as a concept uh, by Etsy, which was then renamed as um, uh, the Multi-Access Edge, uh, which basically brings in the application closer to the end users for the purposes of reliability and latency. And this uh, led to quite a bit of changes in uh, the 5G networks itself, the mobile network architectures themselves. Um, it um, did not only mean that the edge was basically an attachment to the to the um, core networks or, or uh, radio access networks. It was really um, an integrated uh, attempt to to pursue and any any changes that were required in this context for the uh, core and access networks have been uh, introduced with with five G and it's, it's continuing to. Um, evolve further with 5G advance. And um, in the context of 6G now, if we talk about 2030 and beyond, we are really looking into um, the actual convergence of computer networking and what this means for both the network side as well as the compute side. Well, thank you for all that color. That is amazing. And it is very clear to me that Edge is a term that means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. It's complex. 
And it also seems to me to be a term that is continuing to evolve and mature. And, and speaking about maturity, Miriam, if we are looking from a technical standpoint, how mature are we right now with edge connectivity on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being, hey, we've all adopted 5G and we're ready for 6G? Where are we at right now? Very difficult question, Joe. Jo. Um, um, because a 5G has just been started to be rolled out. Um, so clearly, um, concept-wise, we have developed novel concepts and evolutions and, and um, technologies for 5G. Um, but 5G is, is not um, completed yet. Um, on the other hand, we are asking ourselves, what's 6G going to be? What is coming in 2030 and beyond? And honestly, uh, it will very much also depend on the applications that we are looking at uh, to um, validate and evaluate the maturity for those. Can we really um, guarantee the service requirements? Can we uh, enable seamless usage of computer networking. This this really depends on the applications that will emerge. Um, we do talk in the context of 6G also about the merge of digital and physical worlds um, and uh, applications that might emerge in this context. And consumers here can be really us, the individuals, um, but also enterprises uh, as well as industry and, and machines or robots. And it very much really depends on um, the, this, the maturity itself really depends on which use cases we are looking at, um, but also which use cases and applications will emerge uh, for 6G. However, I think we do see the trends that are um, evolving and we are preparing for them and we have been doing this uh, since um, 2014-ish uh, for 5G and we have started to do so for uh, 6G already today. It's so interesting, you know, when, when you think as analysts, we've been talking about this for a while now and it's always a long lead time to before when you start speaking about something and when there's actual adoption of it, you know, we have to do all the concepts around it. We have to do all the technical specs. We have to do all the testing. We start deployment and then we have to figure out the new applications. And eventually somewhere down the road, usually within 10 years, we, we get to uh, whatever we first started speaking about. And you started to allude to some of the future as well. And we've been talking a lot about, uh, the network and the convergence of different technologies. You know, we've been talking about IP, Ethernet, optical layers for a while. And I'm wondering, what do you see as future trends in the network that we should be thinking about? You know, is the network going to be built from disaggregated components? Are we thinking about a different way that we'll be constructing the network in 24 and beyond as we look at 6G, let's say? Mm -hmm. Very, very good question. And actually, these are exactly the questions we are asking ourselves also uh, within the team. And um, one notion that is emerging in the context of next G or 6G is uh, the concept of network of networks, meaning we are not only looking into a single network that is enabling us uh, connectivity or delivering um, the services, but um, we do think that multiple networks um, will be available and the efficient seamless 
let me call it stitching of individual network components for really seamless immersive experiences for every individual is going to be the target. Um, for this purpose, yes, you mentioned routing. It is really an essential role. Optimized routing and the convergence of IP and optical network components, but routing not only in, in the transport domain, but um, actually also user sessions. If you have different um, networks from different providers, how do we enable um, the continuity and these of use are also um, some of the questions that, that we are targeting um, to look at and that is in, in the context of, of 6G also emerging. Um, with the tight consideration of the convergence, you mentioned um, um, technologies converging, but also businesses are converging. I think it is a very exciting era nowadays to see also in the context of edge. Yes, telcos are talking about edge, but also web scalers are talking about the edge. And that convergence is, is going to be um, also very exciting uh, time to see. And um, from the technology point of view, I think um, we can um, look into fairly heterogeneous, adaptive, um, um, distributed um, multi-layer approaches and, and solutions. Um, regarding the business, uh, that is something to be figured out probably in, in this new era. Miriam, you, what, some of what you said just led me to another question. If we think about where we are today with 5G, uh, does this approach to the new network start with things like, you know, the network of networks you were discussing, mm -hmm. start with network slicing and thinking about it that way? Um, that's that's one way, yes. Uh, network slicing in the broader sense, um, not only for um, the RAN and core parts of the network, but, but really slicing also of, for example, compute resources or um, really end-to-end -end resources is, is clearly one, one direction to look at, but not only for a single uh, network. Um, how can we enable and achieve slicing through multiple networks by using different components of different networks in a network of network environment is probably also a way to look at uh, for the network slicing. Dr. Miriam, if I think about it from a different standpoint, and I think about the end goal being interoperability and performance telemetry across networks, what role does open APIs play in that equation? Clearly an important um, role. Generally, openness will also play an important role. Um, Nokia itself has a network exposure um, solution that uh, really provides a robust platform for creating new services by consolidating uh, APIs and uh, presenting unified access to the API um, framework for, for developers and, and, and third parties. And this is uh, to enable secure exposure of network services towards third parties. We talked about a heterogeneous um, ecosystem that is a, 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 emerging where security and um, assurance will, will play or privacy guarantees will play an important role, but also um, it's 
uh, enabling a developer environment and SDK for operators and, and the community and the service mashup for creating really end-to-end -end offerings by combining any of the network assets into your application is, is really the, the goal of this um, API framework, um, which, which will really play a big role. Um, talking about openness, I think we have realized this also in the con um, context of, um, not in the context of 5G, but in parallel to 5G, open RAN discussions have started, uh, open radio access networks, open solutions, opening up uh, interfaces for more innovation and flexibility ha have been initiated and clearly open APIs and network interfaces will um, play an important role in the future as well. Thank you. I think that, you know, we've all been looking at how open APIs might help us move the ball forward, as I say. Uh, so one of the questions I had, and, you know, tell me if you think this is relevant, is how realistic is the end goal for this next generation Metro and Edge network? Um, what, what's the role of that in reducing operational costs, minimizing hardware dependencies, and ensuring faster updates and upgrades. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, creating fairly static, fixed architecture, and we move from the fixed proprietary concept to a open public cloud concept, and then we kind of pulled it back a little bit to be hybrid, private, uh, when we thought about cloud computing, and I wonder how you're seeing this happen in the edge. What are your thoughts around that? Um, I would like to see it twofold, this question. Uh, one is uh, from the technical realization point of view. The other one is uh, probably um, with respect to how realistic this end goal is from the business point of view. Um, technically, um, we are actually... Uh, entering an, a fairly distributed uh, in, environment, distributed mesh type environment for for edge networks um, that is um, with multiple providers actually, so fairly heterogeneous and, and distributed. And um, we are talking also in the context of uh, next G about distribution and decentralization. Um, there is a but here, which is um, the more we distribute the more at some point we have to bring these things together, um, which might be, yes, we are distributing, but then the centralization of this is causing more workloads and more overhead than uh, actually looking into maybe more less, less distributed solutions. So um, technology-wise, um, technically, we do have to find here the right balance. Um, uh, but I, I am optimistic that... Um, if we find the right solutions, that operational costs as well as um, um, hardware dependencies uh, will be reduced significantly. From the business point of view, I must say I'm a scientist, so I'm not a business expert. Um, it very much depends on um, agreements as well as um, future business models where I can't comment too much on this. Generally, I think we are seeing trends uh, towards um, the edge network, uh, be it uh, the metro or the edge itself. Um, there is a notion in, in the context of telcos named far edge also being even closer to the access or, uh, or end users. Um, we do see the trends and we are developing effective um, and high-performing solutions for those. So I'm very optimistic um, to reach this end goal. 
from the business point of view, I leave this to the business experts. <laughs> Makes total sense. Joe, is it that time? Yeah, and I just learned a new term today, Dr. Miriam, far edge. That's a new one from my lexicon. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. So we always end with a fun fact, and it doesn't have to be technology related. Um, so we'd like you to share a fun fact with us, Dr. Miriam. Yeah, this is maybe the most challenging question, <laughs> I must say. I have been thinking um, a bit, and I, I just recently joined Nokia and, and uh, looked into their history also. Uh, Nokia has been founded in 1865, 1865, so um, in uh, the 19th century, and it was a paper mill. And one of their first products was toilet paper, <laughs> which was a big surprise to me. So innovation can happen everywhere. That's that's my conclusion of this. <laughs> Love it. We're actually, I was always amazed at the history of Nokia and how it continued to reinvent itself. And I think it's a good lesson for uh, industries at large, right? That it can happen. Absolutely, yes. And I love that you have a sense of humor, Dr. Mario. <laughs> That's so cute. That is so cute. Thank you so much for being with us today. You were so enjoyable and and it was great to sort of get a, your thought leadership on what's coming next. That was pretty cool. So thanks for spending time with us. Thank you so much, Joe and Maribel. It was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal, and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com. dot